back in. Thank you for joining us, Salt of the Streets. My name is Donovan. I'm Colin. There we are. And we want to thank you again for coming back for part two of Salt of the Streets. We're on our YouTube, youtube.com slash salt of the streets. You can also find this on our Instagram, instagram.com slash salt of the streets. We're also Facebook, fuck facebook.com slash salt of the streets. Patreon, patreon.com slash salt of the streets. I'm just going to say all this stuff. That's all the streets. That's yeah. so much quicker. Just all of it. All of it. Soldostreets.com. <laughs> I'm going to say Facebook, Instagram, Patreon.com, slash Soldostreets. That's so much quicker. That's how so much we, easier. How have we not done God, that after three so years? stupid. Oh, so, it's quicker did. and easier. You can find all of this at saltofthestreets.com. Obviously, go there. Sign up. Leave a like, a comment, subscribe. Share it with your friends. All of these things. We have the book clubs that are coming out all the time. The first live stream coming up on thursday we have the beer shows that are dropping there was a new one yesterday the newsletter dropped today the review preview drops tomorrow we've got a whole slew of content coming out for you guys today it's like every day there's always stuff going on it's It's quite wild yeah especially because it's the end of the month yes exactly. oh man and i cannot speak more highly of this month's uh reef brief the review preview rubicon coddling of the american mind powers Power, powerful stuff. Yes. So make sure Good you guys shit. check that out. Leave us a like, a comment, a review. Share it with your friends. If you want to watch some gaming, go to Twitch. Lexi Kayo on Twitch. Watch some gaming. She just streamed last night. That's right. Leggings and aprons for some baked goods. Go there. Check out the page. See what she's doing. So when she's back up and running, you can order some cakes. If you need a haircut in the local area, go to Swab Blended. Make an appointment now. It is hot to get in there. If you need a skateboard, location skate shop. They got new hats. They have new shirts. They have new stuff all the time. So go there. Location skate shop. I just went there last week. That's a great spot. And it's funny. Let me ask you about this real quick. When yes. you go to Location Skate Shop, you go there because you're not a skateboarder. No. Right? And you don't not buy anymore. skateboards or you don't – maybe you used to be? When I was younger. Oh, so the, the culture, I guess, of the skate shop still appeals. Yeah. I mean, you go in there, you just kind of hang out, talk to the pe- – because you know people that, that obviously run the place and yes. do stuff like that. So. One of the co-owners, Ryan, I went to school with. Mm-hmm. Jordan's gone to school with him since elementary school. So we both go pretty far back with him. I think I started going to school with him in junior high. So I've known him for over a decade. Um, I don't know the guy that he owns the shop with, but that dude is there. His friends are there. They have like a big, you know, couch and stuff like that in there and like a couple of big comfy chairs and a TV that they're playing skate videos and stuff oh, all yeah. the time. Ryan is big into photography. And so he films a lot of stuff for them and takes a lot of photos for them. He has pictures and stuff all over the walls in there. Um, they can. They've got a full bench and everything, so they can set you up with a full board. If you want to buy everything that day, they can build everything for you there. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, they've got all that stuff. So it's a good place to kick it. It's right in the heart of downtown Bremerton and all the, like, the walking area. It's There's... got that cool little windy street thing, right? That's yeah. on that, that street there? Their street, is, yeah, is also a one-way. Mm-hmm. And so it's best to skate on. They also close down 4th Street all the time. That part of it in particular, because there's a couple bars there. The Admiral is right down the block. Yeah. There's, there's a whole bunch of stuff down there. So the foot traffic is incredible. It's a great spot. It's a great it's a great location, if you will. Oh, yeah. So, no, it's, it's a great spot. I would recommend anybody who's into skateboards, if you want to get into skateboarding, go there. They're very nice. They're very – there can – especially with some of those, like, niche cultures. Gun culture can be that way a lot. Skate yeah. culture can be very hoity-toity. People are, like, almost exclusionary. You yeah. know, there's, like, a um, – what do they call that? Uh, f- something to um, – border to entry or something like that what the barrier to barrier entry. thing yeah, yeah, barrier yeah. to entry yeah so um but this shop is not like that ryan is a very kind person he's very approachable he's not he's of a small stature so he's not yeah. intimidating he's <laughs> very yeah no he's they're very chill there it's it's a really good spot Man, so, i miss skating dude yeah I, it's family skating. friendly yeah. it's a good you know 
good yeah, spot. They're for the kids there. So location all the way. They're doing good things for the community. I've, I feel like we've been remiss. We didn't boost up another fantastic place that we all went to, a couple fantastic places we went to last weekend over in the Bremerton area, man. Yeah, I yeah. Was, this place we went to. We didn't know, take any pictures of our food. We didn't either. <laughs> what a bunch of assholes. What a bunch of assholes That just we means are. we got to go back again soon. Yeah. Because we went to, thanks to the recommendation of you guys, yes. the Evergreen Pizza. Yeah. It's right next to Evergreen State Park. Next, yeah, right down there on the water. Yeah. And I will just say, as somebody that has lived and breathed new york city pizza for a good chunk of my adult life i have a i have a i guess i'm kind of snobby when it comes to pizza you know like i like a lot of pizza but there is only one good true pizza and that's the new york style stuff i have never had a pizza more new york with this outside of new york at yeah. all closer to this i mean or as close as this place was i mean you get a 12 inch personal pan pizza is great one for size, two people yep. with a side maybe or or the, two the people sprouts, extra. Bro, if you get to order the sprouts, sprouts and a pizza that's all you need good, bro bro that's all you need they're sprouts so good so shout out evergreen pizza that place is just fire and then after that we went to a, a brewery i had been wanting to go to for so long chaos bay brewing beer. it's yeah every beer that was that we had there like i think we all tried them all Different essentially beers, yeah. yeah and they are Every single one of them was fantastic. Chaos Good Day. selection and variety, too. Good spot, too. Yeah. The tables with the electricity burned into yes. the wood, you know, that was lit. Yeah, no, that was a good spot. And they had yeah. a bunch of pool tables and stuff there. That's a relatively new. It used to be McLeod's before McLeod's moved. McLeod's was a country bar yeah. for anybody who's not from this area. McLeod's is a country bar. Um, and it's a country themed bar that plays hip hop at after 9 p.m. because yeah. that's the only thing anybody is into here. But the country i don't i don't know how the country theme stuck around but i don't know um, man yeah so now it's chaos bay that that was a good spot so shout out chaos bay and we definitely have to go back to evergreen pizza mm -hmm. i bet we could talk to the person who owns it or the people that work there and be like how did this come about because yeah. this seems very out of place yeah, how did you do this what gave you the idea to make this style pizza i mean it's yeah with the with the pep i mean every from the, the, peps, the way they prepare the toppings is very New York. Yeah. Like, it's not like it is here. There's none of that, you know, you don't do the shredded cheese all over it. No, this right. is like real fucking moots going on there. It's like, oh, I just can't I wouldn't speak be surprised highly enough to hear that it. they make their own mozzarella to put on the pizza. I would, I not, would, not, be would not be surprised to hear that. Yeah, I made I mozzarella ones, by the way. That's pretty good. Yeah. Just like I made my own mayonnaise the other day. Right. I'm so happy I made I'm Classy. never buying this shit again. I'm just making it. Making it. That's right. Classy. Just like Joe Biden's going to make... Ghost guns is legal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was never good. underestimate my ability to force a segue. That was excellent. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> that is our topic for part two is Joe Biden. And we have let's see, these videos from the 11th. So on the 11th of April, Joe Biden met in the Rose Garden with a bunch of reporters and some senators and stuff. And Kamala Harris was there. She started it um, within the first two seconds, like made a mistake and. She's just the worst. Kamala Harris is She kicked just, it off? Yeah. Ugh. She's just the worst. And yeah. then the deputy attorney general was there. And then this girl spoke. I don't remember her name, 
Um, but she was a young woman who was involved in a school shooting, I believe in 2019, in which a ghost gun was used. It's like a P80 Glock that the kid's dad had got and built. And then the kid took it from his dad and brought it to school. And this girl, so she told her story, obviously, and we're just going to talk about this for a second and then we'll get into some of the details of it because I was just so disgusted by this. Um, they brought this girl here and had her tell her story of, you know, my friend fucking got killed and I watched it all happen and it was peaceful and then the gunshots and then I was in surgery. And so the, it, it's, and I don't, That's I don't mean too, to but... make light of it because yeah. it, it's horrific. I, I have, I have children myself, so I'm not making light of a school shooting. I'm making light of the way that they used this girl as a pawn. Right. Yeah. Because eventually they had one of the kids who died, Damian Blackwell, I think his name was, they had his parents stand up. And I thought about that for a long time. They stood up and they're like holding a picture of their kid, you know? And I thought for a long time about, like, how would I have this conversation with those people? How would I have this discussion with those people of, I couldn't sympathize with you anymore because I have children. And I can't imagine what it would be like to have my son for 17 years for him to be taken away from me by somebody else. Yeah, I can't imagine. And I can't Im- uh, imagine that at that point you become to... The, the Second Amendment arguments don't hold as much weight to you as they did before, you mm-hmm. know, if, if they did before. And I can understand that. Um, and so I've just thought a lot about that, about, like, how would I react to that? Would I feel the same way about the Second Amendment if my kid was killed in a school shooting? Would I still be like, fucking all gun laws are, are unconstitutional? Would I still say that? And I don't know. And yeah. so... Hopefully you'll never have to know. And I think the only reason I bring that up is to mentioned that the emotion of this is not lost on me mm-hmm. you know i understand i talked to jake and morgan a few weeks ago we went over to their house for dinner i talked about some of this stuff and i told them i understand my views on this are like radical you know in some i get it i i understand that and i'm i'm not that is not lost on me how how far reaching these ideals seem to some people i get it you know mm-hmm. so i'm not saying that everyone is going to believe exactly what i believe and i don't believe that they will or that they should but I believe that our point of view, the point of view we're going to express here is the most liberty-minded point of view and is the one that leads people to the most freedom overall. Mm-hmm. So You can't save everybody in those right. situations, but it's not about the one. It's not about the few. It's, right. it's about everyone else. Yeah, so I said I just wanted to just to point out that the emotion of this is not lost on me. And yeah. Some of this can sound very callous, you know, and how would you feel your children – I. I get yeah. it. That's not lost on me, right? Yeah. Because no matter what happens, it, it's it's always going to be a tragedy. Yeah, one hundred percent. Especially when you're talking about children. Heartbreaking, man. Especially when you're talking about children. You're yeah. talking about somebody who's 16, 17 years old. They have mm-hmm. not even begun to reach the potential of what their life is going to be. Yeah. It's not lost on me. But my point with this girl, right, is that they absolutely used her as a pawn. She told her story. It seems evident to me that at the very least they gave her these things to write into her own speech, even if she wrote all her own statement here. Um, so after she tells her story, and we do, the sound is not working for you, so I'm just going to read the closed captions mm-hmm. of what she said. She's saying, you know, because now finally we have a president um, who realizes that thoughts and prayers alone are not enough which is something that Joe Biden has said a thousand times, right? Um, She says, a president who has been standing up to the gun lobby for decades and winning. Again, (laughs) something he literally has been saying since he's been running for president. 
Yep, and he's just sitting there in his aviators just watching. A president who has been standing up for survivors like me and so many others against something that he said for years. A president who is talk, taking bold, meaningful action to stop the spread of ghost guns. Again, something he has been saying for months now. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my great honor to introduce the strongest gun sense commander-in-chief ever to hold office, President Joe Biden. That's what Kamala said. That's what this girl says. Oh. The young girl. That's what I'm saying to you. They had this. They wow. wrote into the young girl speech. They had her talk about how she was shot in a school shooting, and that's how they have her understatement. It's with political talking points about the president. Yeah, that's disgusting. How old was this girl? This was a She's, this video or this girl? How old? She is, was in yeah. high school. She's got to be 19 years old. Okay. I mean, she's just out of high school. Yeah. Real activist age, right there, and understandably so, obviously, given her experience certainly, in life yep. certainly she's working it. with every town and all, all of the anti-gun mm -hmm. lobbies all of the anti-gun lobbies she's working with them so i'm not surprised i don't necessarily blame her i i do and i don't yeah. um so she's a child i'm not gonna doesn't matter but i'm disgusted by the way they used this girl she's yeah. a victim that girl's a victim she was shot she was shot in the stomach watched her friend die was in surgery thinking about her friend dying all this type of shit she talked about all this and this thing oh. you used her as a pawn yeah. You just use this girl as a pawn in the game of politics, and that is fucking gross. Yes. That, that is disgusting. That's like my biggest takeaway out of that is you're exploiting somebody's tragedy to make sure that you get this, your your little pet peeve piece of legislation. To try and get your duck. Yeah. To try and to, get the duck. To just literally use you as a pawn. I don't understand. Like, I don't like the mixing of, like, personal tragedy with, with the political push because it is so very... It's emotionally twisted, man. Like, it's so right. evil they to can... try to take advantage of somebody, even if it's a legitimate point they're trying to push like that. If this is something that she would do on her own like this, like, you, you would think that instinctually you would not want to appear like you are taking advantage of this person by showing, by having her go up in the, in the, the Rose Garden in front of, like, the national, you know, national media is there, like, everything. You, you need to know what that looks like to people that don't agree with you. Right. Because you are you not only come off like like you're using this person as a pawn, but you're you're taking advantage of their own personal tragedy to try to to gain a a personal W. Yeah. That is just disgusting, man. Like, regardless of the validity of whatever it is you're trying to point out. Using that having that person go up there and and just I mean, can you imagine the, the trauma that's going to – you relive by, like, retelling your story like that? By pushing them up on the federal stage so you can get a political W? A possible political W? Not even, Maybe. like, achieve something? That's just disgusting, man. And anybody that would allow – who – anybody that can't see what's happening there, like, I, I don't – I don't trust you anymore, right. man. How can you not see this for what it is? Because it's one thing when she's telling her story. <coughs> it's one thing when she's telling her story because people do that all the time. They yeah. go and they share their tragedy, and this is why this needs to change because no one should be subjected to what I was subjected to. But at the end, yeah. there's no way she's just paying enough attention to Joe Biden that she's like, I'm going to put all these things in the end of my statement. They 100% asked her to say it. That's, yeah. that's my take on the scenario. I don't have any way to prove that that happened. I feel very strongly from what I know of politics. They absolutely had that girl tack that onto the end of her statement because there's, 
I don't think there's any way she's going to think, oh, I should write these things that he's saying every time he's out there. Or else she would have also said, fucking Deer and Kevlar Vest or whatever, you know? Like, which he also said here. Those things, they were not missed. Yeah, they were not missed. Joe Biden loves him some Kevlar Deer. Yes. I've yet to see the rare, the rare native species of the... uh, the kevlar deer because that's the only thing that brought all these magazines about is that we started getting at deers that had kevlar vests on yeah man there's no you gotta put reason. 30 rounds into that thing yeah. just to bring it down so you could bring some venison home said so you must be one hell of a bad shot if you need a 30 round magazine he said you're an idiot yeah. so He's such an idiot nobody's carrying around 30 round magazines into the woods to go hunting dude yeah, period I mean, people that's just dumb no i th- i would imagine even most people who hunt with ar-15 unless you're hunting like hogs or something where you're gonna expend 30 rounds mm-hmm. if you're hunting deer or some shit with an ar-15 you probably don't have a 30 round magazine because why would you shoot 30 rounds while you're out you know yeah. you might have one with you but the idea i think it's it's a gall- all conjecture but i think yeah. it's probably rare that people are hunting deer with a 30 round mag in their ar-15 yeah you're and- talking about added weight and it's gonna, gonna be harder to put down there's all yeah. kinds of things it doesn't make you can buy 10 round magazines that yeah. sit almost flush with the magwell yep you know it's a much comfort it's a much more comfortable carry man when you got to pack fucking you know five to ten miles into the woods and all that shit but um i was going to bring up the concept oh of the ar-15 hunting um in this state that's mostly not a thing right and that's because there's there's laws in place in our state that say you know caliber require thing, right? calibers yeah, yeah. so if you were unless you were to custom build a you know like a higher caliber yeah something like that i mean you could do it in an ar-10 pl- platform but yeah you really got to bump the the caliber up if you're going to do that because that is that is the threshold and you could tell right. in the legislation that's it's there on purpose to prevent or to dissuade people from actually using an ar when they hunt right it's because that's the caliber cutoff so right I think there most people don't realize especially if you're not into guns i mean calibers and all that stuff is very complicated anyway but mm. Like a two-two-three bullet or a five-five-six bullet that an AR-15 shoots, like barely larger than a two, uh, a twenty-two. Yeah, barely 20, larger. A twenty-two LR. Yeah, it's barely larger. It's just a little bit wider and a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. It's barely larger width-wise, diameter-wise, of a twenty-two, and that's why you can't shoot with it. So, yeah, and most of it has to do with, uh, like, the amount of powder that's in the right. casing. I mean, yeah, the actual bullet size. It's just is... a keg of powder comparatively to a twenty-two. Yeah. It's nothing. Actually, it's funny. Somebody was talking last night in Carolina's Twitch stream. We were talking calibers of guns and stuff, and it had to do with they were playing Warzone, Call of Duty. But uh, they asked, like, "What's a 22 LR?" Oh, it's it's just a standard. That's what you think of as a 22. Right. This tiny little, you know, the bullets are about, you know, yay, yay, super, big, super small, super tiny. They make a sound like that. Yes. There's just there's zero crack. kickback. Yeah. And it's really cool. They make 22 caliber, um, called vermin shot. And it's like a little mini shotgun shell almost built into this tiny yeah. little thing with all these little pellets and a clear coating on the outside so for, like, blasting rats and squirrels and vermin around the house. <coughs> we used to, yeah, we used to kill lots of rodents like that when we were kids. It's a good time. And they make, gun tangent, but they also make, like, subsonic 22 rounds so they don't break mm-hmm. the sound barrier. You can even suppress those and stuff like that. And at that point, you're really only hearing the action of the gun, like yeah. the bolt slamming back and forth because it's so quiet. Then you can still kill, like, rabbits and little birds and stuff like that with those. Like, that's that's very common for hunters. If they're trying to yeah. hunt big game and they haven't found it yet, they'll bring a little twenty two. You can get them with, like, folding stocks and stuff like that. Yep. Pack, pack it down real small and put it in your bag yep. and have 
screw a little suppressor on there and you can hunt small game to eat while you're out and not disturb any of the big game that are out there because it sounds just like a twig that's that's snapping. It's not anything yep. that's going to bother them, you know? Yeah. A ask me if I've done that before. Of course I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it only makes sense, you know? I, yeah. I mean, it only makes sense to do that type of thing. If you're trying to go as light as possible and, like, I don't even want to bring food, you know, that only makes sense to do that. <laughs> or if you're going to go out in, like, your truck or something like that and camp for a few days and hunt out of your yep. truck – that only makes sense to definitely do that and just oh, have yeah. a little stove, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah so, I did that uh, literally last year. So, <laughs> yeah. Literally last year, kept it around because there's these things called uh, uh, forest grouse all over the place yeah, up yeah. there, right? Birds. You, yeah, it's and a bird. it's a, we call it a forest chicken. Yes. Because that's, they're about the size of a chicken, except they everywhere. fucking fly, man. Up into the trees. Yeah, up into the down. trees, yeah. man, and it, it's hard to get them like that, but a lot, most of the time they hang out on the ground and... Half of them are so fucking stupid. You can, you could damn, because their first like emergency, like, uh, their like fight or flight method is just to stand there. It's just going to freeze. Hopefully I'm camouflaged with the ground. So stupid. And yeah, so I've literally almost like kicked one before as I'm so walking stupid. by it. And then as soon as you get too close, they fucking, <laughs> and they fly off next to you and like make you piss yourself. Yeah. So then you just get angry and you want to kill them for that. And then you're thinking about trying to roast their carcass over a fire at night. And that's what you get for <laughs> fucking scaring me bastards but anyways the hunting tangent over yeah no absolutely hunting and, and caliber tangent over so on the 11th when this video was posted live stream happened joe biden he also gave this girl just the creepiest hugged he hugged oh. her over the shoulders and then and then sat back i'm i'm gonna send it to you so that we can look at it because we can at we least watch it yeah because it was just very weird and creepy. fucking creepy old uh, joe at it he again didn't, he didn't smell her you know <laughs> he but... didn't smell her no so let's see it's at like 13 20 um is is where she ends it's right just when they hug yeah. so oh yeah yeah it's very creepy it's very weird so as you're pulling it up we'll talk about this so this was to talk about some new not laws because the president doesn't write laws they're regulations um so go back a little bit because he's already talking. This oh. is She Talks Before Him. I missed it. Do, 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 do. Yep. Oh, where'd it go? There it is. There, there it is. is. There it is. Yep. Boop. Okay. So she says the stuff that she's saying. This is when she's... Our president who is... Yeah, okay. So there's the, the closed caption. Like me and so many others. The president, president taking bold, meaningful action. <laughs> Stop the spread of ghost guns. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now my great honor to introduce the strongest gun sense commander-in-chief ever to hold office, President Joe Biden. Also, enter Creepy so Joe. She hugs him. She initiated the hug. Yeah. But now look how weird this the, is. The, the embrace, man. Look, he's that's, just, look how weird this I is. I don't. I don't. Oh, that's look so, at how weird that it's is. It's so creepy, dude. Look at how weird it is. Ah, yes. It's so creepy. Like, you're waiting... It's ah yeah, like it I said, is so she, uncomfortable. She man. initiated the hug. He yeah, had a yeah, hand yeah. out. He had a hand for a handshake. Yep. She hugged him. So I'm not gonna let's let's be super honest about it because people, and she went in for. I mean, she, she hugged gave him, him the man. hug and he hugged her. And then when when then she got went weird. to let go, he stopped and he just he talked to her for a little bit too long. I think it's just weird. It, just, it doesn't. It looks weird yeah man like the the rail the line of creepy you, yeah. you cross the line you cross the fucking line okay so now we're going to talk about what he actually said <laughs> now that we provide enough context enough commentary on the scenario so 
they announced um, four a four-phase gun plan that they have going on. Oh, God. And so we'll go over these four phases. We'll talk about some other stuff that he's had. Um, gun regulations. Let's I got see. the fact sheet pulled up, too. For Excellent. Excellent. Um, they're going <clears> to <throat> criminalize the ownership of ghost guns. Um, and... Criminalize the ownership of ghost guns. Yeah, that's that's the long term intent. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to make it illegal to sell ghost guns without a serial number or a background check, which then doesn't make them a ghost gun. And it does not make them a ghost gun. And the way that they, def- I'm going to go over these four things, and we'll talk about the way to define a ghost gun. Okay. Um, one is they're going to go after rogue gun dealers, and a big thing that they said is five percent of gun dealers sold ninety percent of these guns, right? So let's talk, let's break that down a little bit, okay. right? One of the major types of quote unquote ghost guns that you could buy. I'm going to call it a home manufactured gun because because that's what it is, right? Ghost gun is a political term. This is a gun that you make at home. Um, the ATF even call even calls them primitive manufactured firearms. They don't even call oh. them ghost guns. That's a political term. Ghost gun is a political term. Um, because it doesn't mean anything. It's a pr- yeah. it's a primitive manufactured farm because it wasn't made, quote with gunsmithing material, quote unquote, yeah. which is kind of bullshit anyway. It's twenty twenty, uh, bro. It's or twenty twenty two. Anything is gunsmithing I mean, material. Yeah. So three um, D printers are a thing. Right. So mm. anyway, they're gonna go after rogue, rogue gun dealers. They said five percent of gun dealers sold ninety percent of these guns. So one of the major type of primitive manufactured farms is called a P eighty. Right. That's the brand of this gun. So you buy them, you can buy them in stores, that in gun stores that sell them, but the company is called P80, Polymer 80. You can oh. go to Polymer80.com and buy a P80 from them and have it sent to your house. So if you can buy it direct from the manufacturer instead of pay, paying a markup in a store, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. So it only makes sense that the vast majority of P80s will be sold through Polymer80.com making them one of those 5% of gun dealers. They're the ones that make them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to buy yeah. them anywhere else if you can buy it from the dealer yeah. because that's where the source is. If you go to a regular gun store, they may or may not have the model that you want because they have models for all the different like popular handguns. So you can get a Glock one or a Sig one, uh, you know, whatever, so, uh, M&P Shield, all, all those things, all the different kinds of popular farms. You can get a clone <coughs> version of that in this Polymer 80 fashion. That's what I was just going to ask. It's like a... It's a cloned version of it. It's just like, yeah. this is what it looks like, yes. and you're buying it from us. Yes, it looks a little bit different. You can tell, if you're into guns, it's very easy to tell, because the the magwell or like the the trigger guard, right, is shaped different. It has a, a more intense scoop on the front, and it has oh, a okay. scoop cut on the bottom. That's like the definitive Ooh. Polymer 80 telltale sign is the way that the trigger guard is shaped. And that's the easiest way to tell. So for... Those non-gun enthusiasts, let me just ask this question then. So essentially, that's like uh, why you can buy a AR-15 that isn't necessarily made from Armalite. You can buy it made right. from the Colt factory right. or the, uh, I don't yeah. know, whatever other manufacturers make that gun, Correct. that style or that uh, that model, if yep. you will. And so the P-80 is just a model that is was essentially created, that model was created by 
Polymer 80. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they're clones of all these guns. And this is the part that I'm talking about is this trigger guard is it has a more intense scoop in the front. I have a lot of mine, so it's a little bit harder on the bottom. has a scoop cut, and that's for your fingers to rest. That's a very common aftermarket thing that people will do with low receivers. Mm -hmm. If they're going to send it in for stippling work, which is the texture on here, it's very common for them to also have an undercut scooped out of their trigger guard just to have a place to set your other oh, hand. Oh, yeah. That very makes sense. common. Way you so, has if you're gonna make a, if you're gonna buy a PD, they already they already come like that. Interesting. So they come like that. They're a little bit blockier. That's, that's they're a not good model. They're not quite as round. Yeah, a lot of people like them. A mm -hmm. lot of people like them. They're and the definitive thing is you have to finish the bottom part where the trigger goes. You have to drill that part out and then put everything together. There's a couple holes you have to drill out. So PD kits come with like the drill bits and stuff that you need, the internals and all that stuff. So you really so, need the drill press. So it, you need just a drill. Oh, you know, yeah. You need a drill press. You need a drill yeah. and to be able to drill straight down. That's that's it. It helps to have a drill press, but you don't need a drill press. And that's like the same thing with the jigs for the lower, for the AR-15 lower. Mm. So you could just do it with a hand router. You can do it, you know, if you have a CNC machine, then you can also do it in there. You can, like, get all the measurements and stuff and do it, do it itself. Or you can do it yourself with a hand router or with a drill press. You know, it's a little bit harder with that. But yeah. it's all no it's all movement. the same deal. So this statistic thing that they're doing with the 5% and 90% is just totally a game of numbers. It's a game of words. Yeah, It's the same thing as when they're presenting dangers with COVID-19 and the shot, right? You know, you're X amount or X times more likely to get COVID if you don't have the <clears> vaccine. You're X times more diet, more likely to die from COVID if you don't have the vaccine. Yeah. That's across the board. That's a that's uh, not, false equivalency. Exactly. It's not, that's, that's the, that's <coughs> the, your, I think like they call it your relative risk, right? Mm -hmm. That's not your actual risk. That's not yeah. comparative between a 20 year old and an 80 year old yeah. it's because most people who are dying are 80 years old. And so these statistics, they don't fit to what they're saying. And they do a lot of that with the, and I'll go over this a little bit later. They go over a lot of that with the acquisition numbers for ghost guns. As I'll say, it went up 200% in the last two years. But if you got seven ghost guns one year and then you got 30 of them the next year, that percentage looks that's better. That's a 250% than... increase from what you went the year before. Yeah. So while it's only 30 guns or whatever, it's a 250% increase in the amount of ghost guns that we saw last yeah. year. Yep. So that's a very big number. It sounds very scary. That is very common in this discussion. Mm -hmm. I like to uh, equate it with, like in my my zone, is like hunting and stuff like that. You are, There are X amount of people, you know, you, you're a hiker or something like that, right? There's only X amount of uh, people that die by bear attacks every year, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, that's one in, you know, 10,000, one in, I don't know, 100,000, whatever the number is. It's like, well, yeah, but... You know, most people don't put themselves in a position to be attacked by a bear. Right. But the the people that do are a very very finite number, and so the actual risk is, in in this case, inversely, you know, way higher than it it's technically reported. And in in the world of yeah, these these um, would you uh, primitive home manufactured firearms yeah, yeah you know there's only a small group of people that are doing these things you know there's like you said there's like there was seven made last year and now there's 30 made this year right that's yeah it's, it's a much more scary percentage when you just compare the two numbers than actually today the two numbers because you put seven compared to 30 nobody really gives a shit right when you say 250 percent that's a big scary number and when you start to look at those numbers because it, it's it's it it's not 
it is true that the amount of ghost guns that police are picking up in general is increasing, mm -hmm. right? It's also true that the places where they're picking up more ghost guns are the places with stricter gun regulations. Mm. Where it's harder to get a traditional firearm, people will will go through the work mm -hmm. to go the route to get a kit and finish it themselves. We've well, also seen things like they're calling... I'll have to find on Instagram that it's a gun called that they call the police called the Smith and Methson because it was made out of like a piece of pipe and there was a, a quarter on the back that you pulled back as the hammer and there was like a drill bit that was used as the firing pin. It, it, it's it's something someone completely one hundred percent handmade in their house. It's a and, fallout crafted gun. Yeah, right. And it's like. <laughs> Those are very different things, you know, yeah. because that used to be the world of homemade firearms. And now that it's not that way, you don't have to go through all of that yeah. work, but it's still work. Yeah. More than what most people are willing to go through unless you have project means, you know, that people are having or you have malicious means. Mm -hmm. you know, if you're trying to do something bad and you don't want anyone to know about it, you are willing to go through that work. Yeah. If your intent is already to break the law, you are willing to go through that work to make sure that someone can't track the firearm. Yeah. Because your intent is already to break the law. And to that point, like the the work to do that process to get that home manufactured firearm, because of the breakthroughs in technologies these days, these days, the barrier to entry to get into that is way lower than it ever used to be. So yeah. like that has to factor into the to the weight of the amount. You have a combination scenario here where you have multiple reasons that might be coming into play when you're talking about the increased number of these home manufactured firearms being recovered at on crime scenes and stuff like this. So like, there's a lot of factors here. It's, it's not because like you were just saying, like it doesn't necessarily mean it's for nefarious means. It just means that people can make them easier nowadays and more affordable than ever before. So there's right. going to be more. Yeah. Um, 100%. I agree with that. And so, the next part that they said they're going to tackle is gun. Well, let me talk about this for a second because I just want to make this point real hard, real quick. The home manufacturing of guns is something that I am 100% in favor of. And I don't think that just because people are starting to use them more pro prolifically in crime, we should stop everyone from being able to gain access to them. That's not... It's not a solution to me, no. either on a state level, a local level, or a federal level. At the deep federal standpoint of it, and from a human standpoint of it, and I've made this argument in articles before, um, home manufacturing of firearms is the truest and, in a leftist way, most equitable way for anybody to be able to get a firearm. Yeah. If you're not going at it with a malicious manner, even if you're a law-abiding citizen with no criminal history, you could get a background check, get a pistol, no problem. <clears throat> the most equitable way for you to do it is to buy it at home, to buy it, make it yourself at home, and no one needs to know about it. It's also the surest way that I can, the best way I can ensure that I can defend myself against the federal government if they decide that they're going to take everyone's guns away. Mm -hmm. They decide that that's what they're going to do. The best way I can continue to defend myself is to have one they don't know about. And that's the, in my opinion, it's the most... That's my duty. That's my job. Mm -hmm. My job is to ensure that I have the ability to defend myself, my family, and people that believe in freedom from any force that stands to threaten them, whether that be an outside invader, uh, another neighbor, the federal government, anybody. 
And the best way that I can do that is to have a home manufactured firearm that is reliable, that I am trained with, that the federal government does not have the ability to readily take away from me. Yeah. Yeah, that's sound sound reasoning right so there. I, mean, I just want to lay that out yeah. since we're talking about yeah. just since we're talking about crime and things like that. I just want to mm-hmm. lay it out there. There are laws and, and things like that, but there's that that's my stance on it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you can essentially use the same, you know, the the argument of we need to ban all guns as you know an example for that because you look at you know major cities and things like that that have outlawed the possession of like you know um like pistols and handheld firearms and stuff like that it it has zero effect if anything to the positive it might have a negative effect on the overall crime in the city just because these ghost guns exist doesn't mean and it goes just to the doesn't mean you're doing it with nefarious purposes point you're, you've been making. Right. It just just because there's more is not a bad thing. W- what it is is that there's just more because it's easier, it's cheaper, it's possibly. I mean, argue. You could certainly argue that it is the most constitutionally friendly thing you could do. I mean, it's the most right fulfilling way to fulfill your Second Amendment right. I mean, there's all sorts of arguments for it. The only negative is that you just don't like guns and you need to make sure the government knows where all the guns are at. I mean, it, even if you were to believe that in your own mind, why would you make these things illegal? Because you don't trust citizens to make them at home and then bring them in to register them just like you do, like when you register your car every year and stuff like we do all the time now where you could drive and people drive around on expired registrations all the time, but like there's nothing says you have to necessarily otherwise you'll get tickets and all this good stuff but like no one's forcing you to go do that at the point of you know hey i just bought this car from somebody nobody's doing that people do that on a societal level anyways if you were somebody that really cared about that but you still wanted to buy this this system of firearm because it's a, an affordable and maybe interesting way for you to get into yeah. that situation then you make it at home, you do your thing, and then you bring it in and you go register it. Like, what would be wrong with that? It's just because guns are bad, so we can't trust anybody with them. And that's, they did shift to, um, you know, that's one of the things they talked about is that anybody, any gun dealer who now is selling a, any type of home manufacturer kit or anything like that. Has it, to register it. Has that, to put a serial number on it, right? Yeah. They have to put a serial number on it, and they have to get a background check from anybody who wants to do it. Yeah. My question with that is what is the system in which you're going to have people implement serial numbers? Because if you don't have some type of system and everyone just makes up their own numbers, you're going to have 90,000 guns with the serial number 69. What are you yeah. going to do about that? You have just every every if somebody uses a gun with a serial number 69, everybody who has that serial number 69 is going to get popped up and now you have to go and search 10,000 houses. Right. Because people who are in a gun, there people who are in a gun shit are weird. That's like not in like they're weirdos, but they're just they're they, weird about the small are details. Weird. They're weird. Yeah. They say stupid stuff. You know, if you watch Grantham videos and stuff like that, he's wearing fucking Batman helmets. He's a weird he's, dude. He's man. a weird guy, and so goofy looking motherfucker. People are gonna do that. Like yeah. they're so. I'm curious on what that system is or who the burden of proof is gonna be. Same thing as when we talked about the mm-hmm. magazines. Who's who's the burden of proof on to. Uh, to show when I purchased this magazine and that it was grandfathered in. If I'm able yeah. to get one somehow after July or whenever the first day is of the magazine bin, who is who's the burden of proof on to show 
that that's when I bought it because there is no serial number on it. Yeah. So if I have a P80 gun now or if I get one after these regulations go into place that doesn't have a serial number, yeah. who's the burden of proof Do I on? need to carry the receipt? How do I know? Yeah. How do you know? How does anybody know that I didn't get it before or I didn't get it afterwards? Yeah. No one knows. And now the expectation is, yeah, that I have to bring this in to the federal government for them to put a serial number on it? Absolutely not. No. That's the whole point of me not doing this. That's the whole point of me going this route. Why would I do that? Yeah. No, it makes sense, man. So the grandfather system isn't consistent, and it only opens the door for people's civil liberties to be yes, to be stomped on. That's the only thing that that does. No yeah. one's going to be freer because it's now on you to show that you have this within the grandfather period. Well, yeah. No one's going to be freer because of that. Yeah, well, and on top of that, too, it also pushes the further pushes the precedent that you can essentially make parts of firearms traceable or trackable or bannable we saw this with like bump stocks and things like that like it becomes a part type of issue like it, it's nothing that is an actual firearm because even if you're triggers that we just saw those are yes. machine guns now yeah and like why why is that okay but uh something else isn't it's because you at the time as the atf essentially just deem it so Yes. I mean, and like, well, okay, well, you can have this, but not this. You can put this on there, but yeah. not that. And that and makes it the, the bad or good part. Yeah. And when you're talking about, because, yeah, essentially you'd be making manufacturers of, like, jigs and those the P80 kits and things like that having to serialize their product and register it with the federal government. And then the buyer of that product would just become a part of that system in that having to put their name on that. What's to say, like, you have to do that with triggers now, and you have to do that with whatever barrel you're going to buy or whatever optics you're going to mount on it? I mean, what is – where is the floor on this thing? Where's the ceiling and, on it? It doesn't go the, anywhere. That's the inherent issue outside of my personal view of all of this being unconstitutional. Yeah. In, in the more – because, because I, you know, we've talked about this before. I frame it in, in kind of two very different ways. And I have my personal feelings on it. I also recognize, as I said, I recognize how radical that sounds to some people. And so I know that if – in this country that we have established, mm -hmm. we have got to meet in the middle somewhere to decide what is reasonable. Yeah. And so in the... It's your, it's your moral and ethical beliefs versus your, your practical beliefs. Yes. Right. Um, what was I getting at? Um, which the... Oh, okay. So this is the issue with, with these type of regulations is that they are, they're not, these aren't laws. Yeah. Right. And that's the issue with the with the triggers, the bump stock, the things like that, that is they get ruled illegal by the ATF. Yeah. These are arbitrary designations that are slowly stripping away people's civil liberties because the executive branch has said that it's OK. That is not yeah. good enough. That's not a good enough reason for things the, for these things to be made illegal because yeah. one person decided so. Right. And while I also find the National Firearms Act to be unconstitutional. There is at least a legislation that deems short-barreled rifles and short-barreled shotguns to be illegal. Yeah. There is at least a law that says that, yeah. right? But these aren't laws. He he says in this statement, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue to push Congress to make laws for these things. But until then, I'm just going to have the ATF do it anyway. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work. That's not okay. You are You are effectively a tyrant. You are effectively a tyrant in this sense because you are a fish. You are legislating from the executive branch yep. via the ATF. It doesn't work that way. That's not how this country works. Yeah. You do not get to circumvent an entire branch, two entire branches, 
and just say that it's fine. That's not okay. This this overreaching is ridiculous. It's it's unconstitutional, and that's the only purpose the ATF has at this point is to take people's rights away. That's the only thing they're doing is limiting what you can and can't do. We've yep. talked about the can and can't do in a, in a civil liberty and constitutional sense. We've talked about like the honey badger. You know, we uh-huh. went through a whole thing with that. I don't, I don't want to go through the whole thing again, but overnight. People who already own these guns, you're a felon if you don't take this in a register now because we decided that it is now a short-barreled rifle, yeah. uh, and it wasn't before. What are you talking about? It doesn't work that way. You don't get to make people felons overnight without a law. It yeah. does not work that way. And it disturbs me. Um, I'm trying to think about exactly how I want to put this, but it disturbs me that so many people are okay with this because of the subject matter because it's firearms it's fine i'm not gonna i'm not gonna question it because congress isn't doing anything so just let the executive branch do it that seems extremely dangerous you know and we'll talk like in elon musk we're starting to see this in other areas where in in speech and in language that the federal government the executive branch in particular is taking liberties because congress has become so complacent and so bogged down in whatever you want to attribute it to the executive branch is just taking it upon themselves to do what they want and what people are in some senses asking for but are not getting from congress Mm -hmm. that does not mean and it does not give the federal the executive branch the authority to overreach and circumvent and make those things so because that's what the people want that's when you start to get into populist dictatorship leadership dictatorial leadership like we talked about in the Roman Republic, mm-hmm. it's you are, we are pushing ourselves in that direction from a few different angles. And that's what makes it so scary to me is it's not just one party. It's not just one piece of the country that's mm-hmm. doing this. It's everybody. It's because some people really are asking for this because they don't understand. They don't know because they've been damaged and personally affected in their own life. And they can't see past that. And I'm not judging them for that because like I said, if my kid got taken away, I don't know that I would still feel the exact same way. So I don't fault anybody for being, for coming from it, from that perspective. But again, we're also talking about complacency of the, of the legislative branch. We're talking about the judicial branch. Like, I don't know if you guys don't bring something, I don't know what to tell you. You know, we're going to, we're going to say that it's not our issue and that you guys can figure it out in the lower courts instead of ruling finally. And once and for all, you guys have got to stop this shit. You know, this, this is, this is the line on the second amendment and you guys crossed it seven laws ago with magazine bans with this trigger shit you're doing in the atf this is all it's all got to go until someone does something the executive branch is going to feel more and more empowered to continue this push for power yeah and people are okay with it and people in the legislative branch instead of doing it themselves are championing this behavior we can't do this man yeah this and is that's that's what makes it so terrifying truly yes. is it's not even the <coughs> <coughs> sorry about that it's not even the 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 singular the singular executive action, which itself is tyrannical. Let's not forget that. But um, it's the fact that, like you said before, and it's not just it's not one side; it's all sides that do this to themselves. I mean, it was no different during the Trump administration. We he did so many things through executive action, right? You have different Band bureaus. Yes, he, he he did that. He was effectively more anti-2a than barack obama was because more gun rights were taken away during donald trump than during the full eight years of barack obama isn't that isn't that weird and it just goes to show you that 
there's more and more, like you said, uh, there's like avenues of input coming into this thing, pushing this further and further towards like the dictatorial realm. And it, I think it speaks volumes that when there is a, a regime change that does happen and it goes from blue to red and red to blue, they don't immediately come in and slash exactly everything that their last guy did through executive order because you essentially you would you would think you could i know there's different legal battles and stuff like that but like at the end of the day like the executive branch giveth the executive branch can taketh away i don't understand what how you can not do this and and every single time this is from the minute it started nobody has put that power back no nobody no. they've just continue to add there's no subtraction even if like okay i'm going to i'm going to repeal the the irs because that's within my permit i can do that you know right. and and then i'm going to replace it with the the bureau of taxation you, there's not even that no. you're like you're not even putting your own signature you're just leaving that thing there because it gives you more precedent to do the thing you want to do especially the longer it sits yes and the and there's only one direction that this goes yeah it is more power confined into one person which is literally the definition of dictator and to on a from a personal perspective from a liberty perspective from a historical perspective from what i know about oppressed societies this seems like guns seems like the last topic that you would want to be doing this on and it's the yeah. first one. This is the one. I maybe not the first one. Um, some healthcare and stuff like that. You know, with the American Affordable Care Act. So this is not the first one. But mm -hmm. this seems like the last one that you would want to be pushing for dictatorial control over. And we've see, we see examples of this. We've talked about it time and time and time again. You know, we see examples of this in the modern day in Australia. They were locked up in con in. in I'm not going to say concentration camps. <laughs> I almost said that they were quarantine in camps. quarantine camps because they had no effective recourse. They had there's no way to control that. You're either going to get hemmed up, or we're going to knock you the fuck out, or we're going to take you anyway. That's yep. that's it. You're going to come, or we're going to make you come. You're going to come yep. with us, or we're going to make you come with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Um, so, nah. in America. That, that would not happen here. Yeah. There are lots of people, a lot of people, who say that – I'm not challenging anyone. There are a lot of people who say that they would, you know, bring their guns up, and they really wouldn't because they don't want to shoot another person. Yeah. There are also a lot of people who absolutely would shoot another person who is trying to forcefully remove them from their home and their family. And sleep real soundly at night afterwards. We have talked about this before. My line is my front door. That's that is my hard red line is my front door. Yeah, I I will not be forcefully removed from my own dwelling from my family by an agent of the state. Absolutely hard no, absolutely from anybody, but especially from an agent of the state. Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. I I would sooner remove my own family and stay there myself. And say come and fucking take it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. No, I would sooner call you and Jake and your crazy ass fucking brother and say it is it's time to roll out. It's it is time to roll out. Yep. No, I absolutely not. But you know what the really sad thing is? Is that when it came time to actually start breaking into people's houses and pulling them out by force, people do that now. 
Oh, yeah. With no knock warrants, and that's the way it's all going to go through down. The walls of their house. Yeah. Duncan Limp got shot from outside his own home. Exactly. That's the way it would go. It would not be this nice guy in a suit and tie coming to the door and asking you to please leave. And then if blah blah blah, I have the officers out here. They're going to take you away. Otherwise, it won't be that. It'll just be you are flagged as a non-compliant person. You're you're going to get swatted. And they'll come back at night. Yeah, and then at that point, it's you're in a terrible situation because unbeknownst to you somebody's just trying to break into your house and you're gonna you're gonna fight back and then oh shit it happens to be agents of the state how was i supposed to know that you broke into my middle you broke into my house in the middle of the night coming in screaming yelling carrying guns and shit what do you expect me to do as a constitutionally empowered american there's only one way that ends and it's not good that's and actually i think that's probably like you said like we talked about australia a minute ago that's it's not necessarily that it's because they took their guns away, but on a societal level, if because they allowed them, that. Yeah. yeah, it's a side effect of that. And like that can't happen here because we haven't done that yet. And, and even if there was people that had unregistered weapons and stuff like that, that they held on to, you know, those people might fight back at that point, but then societally, you're probably already trained to just do what the man says, like they were in Australia. Certainly, most people, the people who don't have yeah. home manufactured firearms, yeah. are <laughs> exactly. Yeah, or the ones that don't keep it buried out in the backyard, if that's the case too. Because you might get hemmed up. Well, I'm going to make sure the man don't find it after that. Yeah. So one of the next things that they talked about, the second point is gun trafficking. That's the second point they're going to go after is gun trafficking, specifically interstate and inner city lines. Um, that is. There's, there's no doubt about that. That's a huge issue as yeah. far as gun crime goes. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, big cities where there's a lot of gun legislation and gun laws that make it more difficult for criminals specifically to get firearms. They'll go from and buy guns from out of state or guns from out of state will be shipped in and then sold within those cities and stuff like that. Yeah. That's very common. Um, and unfortunately, that's like constitutionally protected because it is it is commerce between interstate lines, which is constitutionally the federal government's remit to be involved in yeah and that just sucks because then that essentially gives them authority all over the entire nation which is just not good for liberty there shouldn't be anything illegal about taking a gun from one state and selling it into another state i don't you know you're talking about a world of legal jargon when you're talking about taking it to a state and selling it to someone that you reasonably believe is going to use that gun in a crime. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. You know, I don't have someone who is of the mind of free market. I believe the only thing that would compel you to not sell a firearm to somebody like that is your own morals. And if you're against that morally, then I question your morals, but I, who am I to tell you how to mm-hmm. conduct your free business? You know, I'm not going to do business with you because I don't think that morally we're aligned, mm-hmm. but I like if uh, an example, I guess would be if, if every state in the union, you could equ- you could easily just trade across straight lines. You, you have an internet store, right? That where you make this manufacturing firearm and then anybody can log in and buy it. And then when you get the shipping address, there is one state in the union that does not, that that pass a state law that says you can't import those into our state then it's up to like you said the morals of the manufacturer or the seller at that point whether he wants to just do it anyways but if it's protected on the federal level constitutionally then like 
like you said, like I don't think his morals would be correct if he decided not to at that point because the Constitution says keep him bare arm. So, boom, I'm going to do that. And then yeah. the state can get angry, but then I'm in another state, so who gives a fuck anyways? And, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not defending the morality of that because yeah. I think that it's immoral. If you yeah. know that someone is going to go and do harm against another person or potentially do harm, or if you even reasonably suspect that someone is going to do harm to another person, then you shouldn't, sell, you shouldn't yeah. sell a gun to them. That you shouldn't do that because they're gonna they're going to go and infringe on someone else's sovereignty and personal liberty. I think that's wrong. Yeah. So don't give them the means, man. So if you're a third party seller, then I think that the person you're buying the guns from, should they find out, should stop supplying you with firearms because you, what you're doing is morally questionable. Yeah. But I don't think that there should be any limitations on this. Yeah. I respect and understand the argument of we can't expect people to do the right thing. You know, our entire government is filled with people who are doing the wrong thing every single day. So that yep. argument holds no weight to me. I don't care. Nope. I trust a regular individual far more than I trust the director of the ATF to decide whether or not what I'm doing is constitutional. I, I don't care. I don't yeah. care. Frankly, I don't care what the Constitution says because when we're talking about gun rights, my ability to defend myself is just far past the Constitution. So we're talking about laws and stuff like that. I recognize it. But no, I trust a person that I meet over the Internet far more than I trust some random worker for the ATF to decide arbitrarily what I'm doing is right or wrong. Yeah, man. I have no idea who you are. I don't know what your personal motivations are. I don't know what your justifications are. Mm -hmm. I don't know where you're getting paid from. I don't know any of that shit. Yeah. Especially if you're working for a gun lobby. What? Why would I listen to you? Whether you are from the NRA or from an anti-gun lobby, from the Gifford Institute. I don't care. Yeah. I don't know you. You have no. an agenda. If you're coming to me as a private individual, your agenda is to buy this gun. Yep. That's 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 your intention. Yeah. Unless I can discern from you that your intent is to do harm with another individual, I don't have any reason not to sell this to yeah. you. I think you know? that's I like that way you, you couched that in the very beginning there. It's like it's a free market principle. It's like if you are a manufacturer of firearms, what's to stop me from selling to somebody that wants an order? Unless I know something about them that makes me go I'm putting you on my client blacklist, which is something companies do all the time. And I think is totally within their rights yeah. to do that. Like it, it just seems like a really constitutionally and like liberty friendly place to sit at as far as an opinion goes. It's yeah. just free market, man. Like let it all happen and, and you know, the, the seller beware. You you can't you can't legislate morality. There is no. no way to legislate morality, and that's the only thing when we talk about. You referenced earlier. You referenced after I referenced earlier the uptick in ghost guns in places that have more gun legislation. Mm -hmm. The only thing that underlines to me is that people who want to do crime are going to do crime. They're going to find a way to do it. That's yep. the only thing that says to me. That doesn't say to me that ghost guns are more dangerous because they're not. Yep. All these people, the president, anybody who's making a statement about firearms, even this young girl that was there, she said they shoot like a gun, they kill like a gun because it's a gun. That's, that's a yeah. firearm. It's a home manufactured firearm. That's a primitive manufactured firearm, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's yeah. a firearm. That's not any different than anything else. It's not any different than a tiny plastic one-shot pistol that you have to slap together. That, those are all the same thing. Yeah. What you call it doesn't matter. What it's constructed of doesn't matter. Yep. It may or may not be more structurally sound and safer to use. It doesn't matter to yep. me if I get shot with it. It doesn't matter to me what it was called or what it looked like. You fucking shot me. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Yep. You know, if I need to defend myself, I don't care 
what that gun looks like if I need it to defend myself. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different saws, man, but the, a saw is a saw. The only thing that that tells me is the people who want to commit crimes are going to commit crimes yep. and you can't do anything about that. And this was evident when you passed all this gun legislation and people mm -hmm. continue to do crime. Oh, yeah. And now the next move is just, oh, well, they're, they, we can't stop them with this. So we have to try and stop them at ghost guns. Yep. It didn't work before. Why would it stop now? Especially with ones that you can't track through your primitive means of of trying yeah. to track people's self-defense means yep. you can't you can't do it we've shown us this already since the national firearms act has passed you showed us you don't have the ability to defend against the enemy that you are the ghost the monster that you're creating yeah. you don't have the ability to do this yep. so to continue to chip away at people's rights law-abiding citizens rights isn't going to solve this issue mm -hmm. people who want to do crime are going to do crime yeah, you need not look any farther than the UK, where no. you basically can't have guns and knife attacks you are a very people. common occurrence. You just man, cut people. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. If you are, if you want to hurt somebody, you're going to hurt somebody. Yep. You cannot legislate morality. Nope. There's you want no to do crime? You're going to do crime. And I don't. I'm sure a lot of people. You know, that's a that's a conservative talking point. That's honest. That that is the truth. You like, can't, I'm sorry. That's that's a a a moralist. I think. I know I don't want to say that because I don't know what that exactly that means. But to me, that's a moral argument. You mm -hmm. you can't legislate morality. That's not a conservative or liberal argument. That is, you cannot legislate morality. And trying to limit what I can do as a law-abiding citizen is not going to affect what a criminal wants to do. It yeah. will not change it. You yeah. know, because if there are people who have who are not criminals technically, but have questionable morals, and they're willing to um, facilitate that criminal doing that crime, then you ch uh, limiting my rights again, did not change that. Yeah. They didn't do anything about that. You yep. know, there there's, you cannot legislate morality. No. And as a happy side effect, when you do try to legislate morality, you do that through tyranny. Tyranny cannot, you cannot get to morality through tyranny. No, it's, it's no. a, it's a, it's a logical fallacy. Um, the third point that they want to hit on is community policing and crime intervention. So they're going to sink a whole bunch of money into this. They also told people, use the COVID money that you have left over on this. Which really <laughs> just, it really bugged the shit out of me because of... It's just become a fucking slush fund. Just use the COVID money. Just yeah. use your COVID money because yeah. that's that's, that's, why we, that's why it's there. That's what he said. That's why it's there. No, no, it's no. Not it's why not why it was there. It's there because COVID. That's, that's why you said, actually, it's not enough. This isn't enough, actually. We need more. But now you're saying that's why it's there. It's COVID money. It's left over. That's why the discretionary spending part of this is there. That's why Jane'sley is still effectively a tyrant in Washington. Is because yes. that's why it's there. Tap into the COVID money. It's there for you to instill community policing, to, to put in community policing so that I can tell you that I'm not defunding the police. I'm adding to community policing. Oh, yeah. There you go. Eat my ass. I'm, and I'm not even I'm not even on a on a you know defund the police whatever till like I don't I don't I don't care I I'm gonna do I got mine you know what I'm saying I got mine I'm gonna do me I don't need a cop to to do that if if I'm in some shit the first thing I'm gonna do is not call the cops that's not the <laughs> right so there are some situations there well that's not the first thing I'm gonna do especially if you're telling me you're defunding that's not that's not gonna be the first thing I'm gonna do I'm gonna nope. I got mine so. <laughs> I don't care about that, right? But don't don't do this double speak stuff to me yeah. where you're saying 
I'm not defunding the police. I'm implementing different ways of policing that don't involve police officers. They involve community policing and other people informing on other people mm -hmm. and telling people and, you know, letting police officers and other social workers get to know your community more. Don't yeah. let's not do this. Yeah, okay. No. We did you, that once. It, it, they were called the brown shirts and it didn't go so well. And if you want to do that, then that's fine. But let's call it what it is and say that you want to change the way that modern policing is done. That's fine if that's what you want to do. But let's be fucking honest about it and stop doing this bullshit of why well, I don't think defunding the police is right. I just think we should do it all completely differently. Like, let's not <laughs> right. let's not do that. Let's let's not play this game. Right. Oh, my again, God. I don't care. I don't I don't care. I got mine. It doesn't matter to me, but let's not do this. I don't want to be lied to, right? No. If you're going to take people's jobs away and shift them to somebody else, that's fine. If there's less guns on the street, less shirted guns on the street, that's fine. But I let's I want to know that though. Like, right. But let's be honest. Just be I, straight, man. I want to know that if yep. you're going to change this and there's going to be less armed police on the street. I want to know that because that's going to affect the way that I conduct myself yep. as a private citizen. That's going to change what I have on my everyday carry. That's going to change what I have in my car. That's going to change that type of stuff. You yep. know, if you're telling me this crime wave is going to potentially get worse, I want to know that. <laughs> let's, right. let's be honest about what we're doing here. That's oh just where gosh. I'm at with that. Like I said, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to it. I think there's definitely some, cause when he talked about it, he said, you know, when, People knew their neighbors and everyone down the block like shit was better. And I think there's some yeah, there's some truth to that. If, yeah. pe if police know people better yeah. than there or the police people know police better, they're probably less likely to do bad shit. Yeah. And they're more likely to tell someone, hey, I'm a little bit concerned about this person. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think that's the best way to go. And I also don't necessarily think that's realistic yeah. in twenty twenty when the population of Burlington is forty thousand people. Yeah. That, you all know, you gotta get all you gotta do is get swatted a few times, then you get to know the police and then you know. <laughs> yeah. And then they then they know you, and that's exactly. then it all goes good from there. But yeah, yeah, no, I that is interesting though. I I'm, I didn't know about that. Uh, use your COVID money. That's what it's for. He literally, yeah, he that's, said that. that's use your COVID money. That's why it's there. Yeah, that's why it's there. yeah. And the fourth one is they're gonna do funding for jobs and training for youth and ex inmates. Can I don't think that's a bad thing. They're gonna try and get people out of the life of crime, out of the recidivism recidivism thing. Yeah, yeah. One of the huge things for youth that get involved in crime is they don't have shit else to do. They're yeah. in a community where there's literally nothing else to do. And that's why we talk so much about like location skate shop. Yeah. Right? When I was a kid, I got into trouble all of the time. If I had maybe a place to hang out yep. that wasn't a place to just go and do drugs, maybe I wouldn't have gotten involved in drugs and selling drugs. Oh yeah, man. Maybe, right? If there was a different community for me to be involved in other than crime and drugs, maybe I wouldn't have been involved in that. Yeah. So I think there is definitely evidence to that. Yeah. And I'll, I don't know if we should spend federal money on it. Yeah, but I don't know I don't think if we should spill. Yeah, I don't like I. I'm probably okay with some form of federal federal spending on it, but I don't trust the people that are in charge to spend it correctly. Like I don't want to just give it to the boys and girls clubs, nor the no. womanists. You know yeah, exactly. I want to. I want to make sure actual places where kids actually want to go hang out, right. where there can be more responsible people around, and it. You know, again. A busy kid is a productive kid. Right. You keep them busy with all sorts of different activities, post-school. I mean, that's why fucking school exists to have, you know, like, to begin with. They need a place to go. And then after that, you know, you keep them involved in different things. You give them skate parks to go to. You give them basketball courts to go play basketball in. You, you give them activities to do 
that aren't so institutionalized that it scares them away. Right. And then, generally speaking, people can, you know, there's more and more organic, you know, like actual grassroots, like, organizations that will do stuff like that. Some of them will be businesses. Some of them will be charities. Some of them will just be, you know, social, uh, what do you call that? A social welfare group or something like that. Like, things will come up if you are able to give them a little bit of funding or something like that. But the way the government goes about funding things, it's like you have to be this registered 501c3 and you have to be, you know, you have to have your shit together enough so that you can hire a lawyer to write the proposal, to get the documents to, so that you can get the grant money or whatever it is. I mean, right. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't lend itself necessarily to the organic creation of social programs that will help. What a really excellent, um, example of that is of money not always being the answer is education yeah. right oh, we, yeah. we spend where i have real education I just got this from the national center for educational T statistics and we spend the fourth most per child in education and we are not number four in, in education no. rank. and that's around the globe yeah that's around the globe we spend the fourth most per child in education and we are not ranked fourth in education yeah. so more money per child more money throwing at problems especially from the federal government is not the answer yeah. and a part a huge part of yours is is bloated bureaucracy that is wasting that money yeah. you know uh, don't we keep throwing talking, money at a failing program no when we were talking about colleges earlier a big place that i think a big reason people are less willing to spend more money every year on colleges is because they're not getting a better education they're seeing a bloated administration continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger and get bigger salaries yeah it's not worth it we, we we're seeing it the the money is not the answer no you know so no i think that's i think that's a good point yeah more money doesn't fix the problem necessarily yes <sighs> um called again for universal background checks uh, which assault. already exists right you, you do um you still don't understand that no, you can't. There isn't a place that you can go in the United States and buy a gun from a reputable dealer without a background check. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Um, now if you're, I think there's a couple states where you can gift guns or stuff like that, and it gets a little weird. You still have the responsibility of saying that you did the sale and stuff like that, but it might not be law and, in a couple states. And you can do private transfers in Washington, but you can't do it to somebody, again, who you have a reasonable mm -hmm. belief that they have any reason to have a negative yeah. background check, and you still have to go and do a title transfer at a gun store. Yeah. You know, you still so, have to go through the process. And if you've been denied and shit, that's going to come up when you go to do that. So yeah. you have to, I don't know, you would have to like not be able to pass a background check for a non-legal reason yeah. for no one to know about it in there. So it's just nonsensical. Yeah. So the universal background check thing is kind of bullshit. Obviously called for assault weapons ban and a magazine ban, uh, ban on ghost guns. We want to charge gun manufacturers, you know, because they're the only... We should take a hit on this for a second. Um, he said they're the only industry where you can't charge the manufacturers with crime. Or, you know, they're not held liable for anything. Obviously a lie. The people who produce the COVID vaccine have no liability if anything happens to them. So that's a bold-faced lie. If you guys get blood cancer, no one's going to do anything about it. And they're going to say, well, that was weird. Touche, motherfucker. So <laughs> eat my ass. So um, he also... Terrible, right? After he said the deer and Kevlar vest stuff and Hunter Mags and all of those standard things. He also said, this may surprise you, but I support the Second Amendment. That's not true. 
that's a lie. You don't support the Second Amendment. You nope. might. This is a big thing in the in the gun community lately. Um, is there's a difference between being pro gun and pro Second Amendment, right? Yes. You might be pro gun. You might be in favor of people hunting and stuff like that. And there's people who say, like, "Oh, hunting." So you're pro gun, right? But you're not pro Second Amendment because yeah. the Second Amendment says that you shall not be infringed, right? The ownership of arms shall not be infringed. Mm-hmm. The ability to, to, to you know yes. what I'm trying to get, right? I'm stumbling over my words right now. So you're not pro-Second Amendment. You might be pro-gun, but you're definitely not pro-Second Amendment. He, repeat, he repeated that same bullshit. Of, well, you couldn't buy a cannon. You know, <sighs> What's you, wrong? You can, not only in privateers, but they were... Buy warships. Yeah, not only in privateers and warships, but they were available for commercial purchase. Mm-hmm. Cannons were available for commercial purchase. Yeah. There's... That's a lie. That's yeah. not true. It's a bold-faced lie. Yeah. So if you could afford them, you could buy them. You could buy one. And yeah. if you had, they were super expensive because it's a fucking cannon. Yeah. You know? They shoot 10-pound cannonballs out of yep. their like that. But, but if you could yeah. afford one, you could have one. And yeah. You don't really have – if you just live on a farm, there's not a ton of use for a cannon. So a lot of people didn't own them because yeah. why the fuck would you? If you're going to get after it, your militia owns artillery pieces already so you might own one to supplement your militia's artillery brigade or artillery platoon or whatever when if that pops off again yep but you weren't really doing that you know most of the militias after the that's a big general term but after the revolutionary war a lot of militia warfare is like native americans and shit you don't need a cannon to kill native americans you have muskets most of them most of them don't have guns a lot of them do but most of them don't so You don't need cannons to kill Native <laughs> Americans. It's just not necessary. And it's also you know? not an effective tactic against their their the war waging that they no, were in. No, So it's not. It, just it didn't, didn't make sense. It didn't make sense for a ton of people to yeah. own cannons back in the day. Just like it wouldn't make sense for a ton of people to own like mortar tubes and stuff now. It would make sense for some people to, but if everybody, every Tom, Dick, and Harry owned a mortar tube, <laughs> you, you don't need 30 people shooting mortars in a in a battle. You no. need a couple of mortar setups and everyone else out doing regular infantry shit. It would still make for a fucking epic 4th July, though. It would though. be insane, <laughs> but, but it doesn't make sense, you know? No. So that's, even if you opened up the laws for everyone to be able to buy mortars, everyone's not going to buy mortars. Yeah. People like you and I and, like, in our little squad, we would maybe, we might, like, I'll go in on a, on a mortar tube, but yeah. we're not going to all buy four mortar tubes because no. we can't all four shoot mortar tubes at one time. Nope. It doesn't make any sense. You need at least like two, three guys to operate a mortar tube anyway. So yeah. Yeah, you have mortar teams. Exactly. Man, there's a, there's a, re, there's a reason there's a mortar team. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, I'm sure I could slang that in the back cause I'll be the long distance sniper anyways, but yeah. I can sit back and pepper some stuff out that way. I like, saw Steve McQueen do it once in a movie all by himself <laughs> and he was hammered. <laughs> It's where it's like a fifty cal, you know. Yeah. You could buy a fifty cal now. You don't have a million people on a fifty cal because you no. don't. I don't need me and all our friends don't need fifty cal. It doesn't no. make any sense. You need like one guy you know nope. that has a fifty cal. That's, <laughs> that's all it. you need. Like, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. So no, that's, it's totally impractical. Yeah, that whole argument. Oh, if we if we make it legal, everyone's going to buy one. That doesn't make any sense. I'm no. not going to do that. No. You know, just so. let the free market do its thing, bro, and and you'd be fine with firearms. Yeah, you know nobody's gonna make a suitcase nuke, all right? No, no, that's not that's not how that's gonna work. No. So at that same time, they also announced a brand new director nomination for the director of the ATF. I did not look 
a ton into this guy. That's why I wasn't going to bring it up. What's his name? Steve Dettelbach. Steve Dettelbach. Joe Biden doesn't know. He mispronounced his name, and he said that. Was <laughs> of right. course he did. He can't talk. Sorry, I mispronounced your name, and then yeah. brought him up anyway. So let's tell me a little bit about uh, Dettelbach. So Stephen Dettelbach. Yeah. Um, I just pulled up his ballot. The fact that he had a Ballotpedia page. I think was really interesting because he has obviously run for office before in the yeah. past. And so it got me looking it's like and, an assistant DA or something yes, like that. Yes, He now. was, he's a former assistant DA That's and he is. ran for, I think in 2018, he ran for the attorney general of Ohio and then lost to a guy named David Faust. Ha! So, um, yeah. And then before that he was the assistant attorney general to, I think the Northern district of Ohio. Okay. But, uh, I, I decided to pull up his little his last campaign website. Um, Let's hear it. And it's his agenda. So his plan is to. This was back in 2018. This was the platform he was running on. So it was to toughen the penalties for soliciting sex with minors. Big fan there. Crackdown on child pornography. Okay. Big fan there. Expand access to emergency housing and other services for sex trafficking survivors. He was okay. very, very big into stopping sex trafficking, which was which was I nice. I wonder if that's like a big deal in Ohio. I I don't know, man. It might be. Some states, it's like under Washington, it's very prolific in Washington. So yeah. I imagine I wouldn't be surprised to like hear people run yeah. on those type of things here. Yep. That's very interesting. So then we have the expressly ban using the internet to sell minors to to, to for sex, which. Obviously, yes. Yeah. Outlaw sex trafficking of 16 and 17-year-olds under any circumstances. Again, okay. that seems fine. I wonder what the circumstances are in Ohio in which right? you traffic a 16 and How is this not already law? What the fuck? Um, six, choose legal or close legal loopholes for pimps for children. What? Penalize businesses and individuals for profiting from sex trafficking. Ban sex tourism. I don't understand what sex tourism is. I guess... It, I have a feeling it's not the Bunny Ranch. I have a feeling it's an illegal right. sex trafficking operation type right. of thing. Kind of like Taken. Okay. Right? And then with work... Saudi princes buying right. young women in America. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. That's not good. Um, I think work sex with county... tourism is people coming from other countries to come yeah. here and it's like assault miners and then leave. Yeah. That, yeah. It's it's kind of a... Yeah. It's Taken mixed with a, with another terrible horror movie. Right. Um, work with the county prosecutors and local law enforcement to establish additional... Human trafficking tax forces to cover the entire state. Word. Um, so you know he had a, a decent platform he was running on at the time. Yeah. But I mean there nothing was nothing about guns in there. Not that I saw immediately. Okay. But huge on fighting human trafficking in Ohio. Word. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's Me see. Uh, redistricting reform, which he's a gerrymander guy, so okay. not down with that, obviously, because. Everybody feels like the other guy shouldn't be able to gerrymander, but we should because we do it right. Right. I don't care who's... We're not going to be partisan about it. Yes. And this is why I think we've discussed this multiple times with gerrymandering. It's supposed to be political. Inherently. And everybody partisan. is supposed to go back and forth and do the thing. That's the only way to truly right. make it balanced. So um, combating sexual harassment. Um, let's see. Stop corruption and backroom deals. So he's got a whole campaign list here, and it most of it sounds like standard kind of establishment Democrat platforms. Yeah. Minus the fact that he really has a, a focus on the sex trafficking part of things. Which, Interesting. But that was, again, back in 2018. And I, I can't wonder... imagine that he would be in a position today to kind of pave his own way. I feel like if he's going to be back into the politics game at this point after losing the election and things like that 
imagine he's just going to do whatever job he can get, and he's just going to toe the line. I don't trust him as far as I could throw him. I don't know that much about him just yet, but right. instantly by Joe Biden nominating him after Chipman's disaster, I'm not that comfortable with it, but I do look forward to the confirmation hearings and hearing what they have to say and all the things that will come out between now and then. Um, so nothing that I saw last night that was inherently red flaggy other than the standard establishment Democrat kind of red flags that kind of exist with all their nominees. Yeah. So, I but wonder, I'm sure there's stuff in there. I wonder if they're trying to pick somebody who's not that involved with firearms so that the right, like the Republicans, can't make a big stink about his history. Yeah, so he can get through the confirmation without... Or with little pushback, I guess. Right. Kind of the because Chipman was a piece of shit. Yes, so he, he was wasn't a massive piece. He of shit. He could not make it through. No, <laughs> the Waco kid couldn't do it, man. No. That was that was not good. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is kind of a seemingly white bread vanilla candidate that they want to push through because they they feel comfortable he can get through confirmation. Well, especially if, after losing their last guy. And they haven't had a confirmed ATF director, I think, like since Bush. Yeah. And everyone's had a real hard on about that. So I imagine if they could get some type of political dub before the election for the 2022 or 2024 election in the yeah. in the name of an ATF director, then they have one more thing to be like, not only did I stand up against guns, I got a fucking ATF director yeah. Confirmed for the first time since George Bush or whatever. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. And Lord knows they need a W, man. The, it's very interesting. Yeah. The economy is shrinking. Lenny! Everything is terrible. Lenny's here! Lenny, good Some to see you, brother. Boy. There's the Southie boy. We're doing good, brother. How are you? Yeah. Happy to have you. Just finished a segment. We're finishing up a segment here. About to uh, go to Brakeskis here in a second. Yep, yep, about to hit a Brakeski. Come back. We're going to talk about Elon Musk purchasing Twitter. Yes. That's our third segment over here lenny so yeah we just finished we we're talking about um joe biden's new gun legislation not gun legislation good executive orders yeah executive orders um so i don't remember the word that i was going to try and use but we just finished up about that so i think with that lenny don't go anywhere we'll be back in three minutes unless you have anything else that you want to add here i am I good sir I'm... Mm. Yep, I think that's it. Abolish the ETF. I think that's the last thing I was going to say. Sounds good to me. They only stand to kill civilians and their pets and find ways to imprison you. So, <laughs> I love it. That's it. Abolish the ETF. We'll be back, Lenny, in uh, three minutes to talk about Elon Musk purchasing Twitter. Salt of the streets coming at you every week with this food for thought. Hope you're ready to eat everything.